the challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every, every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Fargo, North Dakota. Um, I was telling Aaron before we started that we are officially the warmest in all of our listening area here in Fargo. We are at 34 degrees and everyone is a little bit colder than that. So that doesn't happen very often. So we're going to talk about it on the radio, but not for very long. So we were, we're actually also going to celebrate the Feast of St. Stephen. But before we get going here, I wanted to um, well, we'll do a prayer, and this one was written by Pope John the Twenty-Third, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. O sweet child of Bethlehem, grant that we may share with all our hearts in this profound mystery of Christmas. Put into the hearts of men and women this peace for which they sometimes seek so desperately, and which you alone can give to them. Help them to know one another better and to live as brothers and sisters, children in the same Father. Reveal to them also your beauty, holiness, and purity. Awaken their hearts, love and gratitude for your infinite goodness. Join them all together in your love and give us your heavenly peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So I am so excited to be here on the day after Christmas, which is also the Feast of St. Stephen. And I was just saying right before we started here that I'm so excited to start the show off and the day off with a guy named Steve. And you will recognize his voice. This is Steve Ray. Um, welcome, Steve. Well, thank you, Lynn. And, and my name is actually spelled my mom because uh, she had just become a Christian in 1953, the year before I was born, named me S-T-E-P-H-E-N because I was named after St. Stephen of the Bible. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you here. And you are at CatholicConvert.com. You are an author of books like Crossing the Tiber, among others. You're a speaker, and you also lead pilgrimages, right? Yes, I've led over a hundred pilgrimages through the Holy Land, but also we do Lords and Fatima, Ireland, Poland, Guadalupe, and Italy. So, yeah, but we, we have a lot of fun. It's fun being Catholic, I have to admit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's so fun to have you on. Um, I recognize your voice as a as a regular listener of Real Presence of Catholic Radio, um, and I I suspect most of our listeners recognize your voice, um, but. If you could take a minute just to introduce yourself. Oh, well, okay. Um, my name is Steve Ray, and I am a convert to the Catholic Church. For the first 39 years of my life, I was quite an anti-Catholic. I was uh, raised by my parents who were new converts through Billy Graham, 1953. So they raised me to love the Bible and to be a good Baptist kid and you know evangelize, do all these things. But we also, at the same time, knew that Catholics were going to hell. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what we taught, that it was a false religion, and our job was to help Catholics get saved so that they could go to heaven, too. So this is my first 39 years. I was a Bible teacher and, um, and did Bible studies 
And then in, um, in 1994, which is 30 years ago, so now I just dated myself, I'll be 70 next year. Um, I, in 1994, my wife and I both converted to the Catholic Church, and it wasn't because we saw anything good about the Catholic Church, or, and we didn't know any Catholics that made us want to become Catholic. It was because I read my way in. We started to see the problems with Protestantism. There was a lot of them. And in my conversion story, I go through three major ones. What is worship? What's the final authority for Christians? We said the Bible alone. And how many churches did Jesus start? Those are the three big problems. And eventually, by reading a lot of books in 1993, mainly the Fathers of the Church, um, in, in January 1st of 1994, I broke down and cried, and I said to my wife, I'm a Catholic, and she said, me too. <laughs> so that's been 30 years. In fact, it was interesting yesterday for Christmas. The priest that brought us into the church was here for dinner, and it was just nice reminiscing uh, the, that 30 years ago. And we came into the church, there were six of us, my wife and I and our four kids, and now there's 30 of us because we now had wow. grandbaby Hannah, Marie was born two weeks ago, and that was grandbaby number 20 for us. Wow. Congratulations. That's Thank fantastic. You. Well, I, I know so as a born just, and uh, raised... Let me just say one yeah. more. I'll say one more thing. And after that, I had my own business that I started up, you know, from scratch when I got out of high school, and we had 650 employees. After I became Catholic, I lost interest in that. I just could not go and have any interest. I was so excited to study the Bible now from a Catholic perspective, to share it, to start making movies and documentaries to help other Catholics and Protestants discover the exciting thing that we, the best kept secret ever is the Catholic faith. And I wanted everybody to know it. So I sold my business and this is what we do now for, I feel like I'm retired and just having fun, but I've never worked harder in my life. Well, as a born and raised Catholic, it's energy like yours that gets us excited about our faith. Um, again, you yeah. know, I, I have just start I just started getting excited probably about ten years ago after just just kind of going along to get along, and and it really is beautiful, and it is thanks to people like you, Steve. Truly. Well, thank you. So it's officially Christmas. So how is the week of Christmas different for you as a convert? And, well, first of all, it continues on for Catholics. Uh, we, Christmas season is not over with. We don't uh, end until, until the uh, Epiphany, January 6th, and it really keeps going even beyond that. So for us as Protestants, <clears throat> it was just... We, it's, we were talking off-air a little bit on how fun it is being Catholic because you have all these feast days. Every day, there's something to celebrate. So today we're celebrating St. Stephen. It brings this hero back to our mind. The Church is always saying, we have heroes, we have examples, and look at this story, these superhero kind of things, you know? And it keeps them in front of our eyes every day. And if you go to daily Mass or you do the readings in the office, you'd, every day they have these wonderful things. Now, as a Protestant in our Baptist Church, we had two special days, Easter and Christmas. Christmas started at Christmas Eve day, and you got all the preparations made Christmas Day, and then it was over, and then when Christmas was done, the 26th, you're back to normal life again. With the Catholic Church, we just, it's a, it's a long festival, and we continue to celebrate it. I'll still say Merry Christmas to people 10 days from now. I would have never done that before. And there's also a much re richer 
deeper meaning to everything, because the Catholic Church over 2,000 years has just immersed itself in the beauty of our theology and the stories and the devotions, which are devoid. They're not there in our old Baptist tradition. So just to have all of this richness of the Catholic faith that informs the holiday and says it's not happy holidays, it's Merry Christmas, and I remind everybody of that. But uh, so there is a much deeper, richer, uh, more elegantness to Christmas than when I was a Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you've continued from your Protestant days that we as Catholics can learn from for Christmas? Oh, I'm thinking of developing a talk uh, called Learning from Each Other, Mm -hmm. because Protestants can certainly learn a lot from the Catholics. Um, and, and a lot of them are learning that now. They're discovering that. But Catholics can also learn from the Protestants because, for example, the uh, we, I always joke, we joked and said Catholics can't sing. And, um, you know, we went to this Baptist church, and I still, my, da- my father died 12 years ago at 94 years old. But I still, if I hear an old Baptist hymn, sometimes like they sing them in our church, you know, there's a hymn that I I know them by heart because we sang those things, all six verses, you know, you get them mm-hmm. all by memorized by the time I was 21 years old. But I still remember my father just belting out those hymns. He just loved those hymns. He smiled and he was so enthusiastic and he meant every word of that hymn. And so I think that we as Catholics can learn from that. We don't just go to Mass and just, look, you know, just kind of read through it. Sing, get, get involved in it. That's our service. That's what, as Baptists, it wasn't just going to hear a preacher. This was our service. We prayed, we sang, we got involved in the mm-hmm. singing and the joy of it all. And I, I, uh, Catholics can learn from that. Also, the whole idea of evangelization. That you're, my, my father, for example, when he was my father was, um, back in 1953, thought he was having a nervous breakdown, and he cried out and said, God, please help me. I don't even know if you're up there. He'd never been taught to read or the Bible or pray or anything. He just said, if you're up there, I don't even know if you exist, but reveal yourself to me. And the next day at work, he went to work, and a man said, Charlie, you need Jesus Christ in your life. I have to tell you that. And that's when my dad discovered Jesus Christ. And, and the, But I always ask people, do you think it was a Catholic that talked to my dad? Yeah. And everybody laughs and says, no, no, of course not. Why? Because we don't do that. So this is something we can learn as well, that our job is, every time the Mass is over, go out. It's, it's go out now and tell other people. And this is what our job is, and yet we don't. I, I do, but I mean, most people don't. Um, so there's that, and the whole idea of Catholics, that there's a moral structure to the world, that God is involved in our lives. The whole thing about the sacrifice of the Mass, which is what Protestants don't have, they could certainly learn from us about that. But there's a lot we could learn from them as well, I think, just the whole love of Scripture. Um, the Protestants don't know the Bible very well, the Catholics think they do, but what we were taught to do is memorize Bible verses. So most Baptists have 10, 15, 20 verses memorized, and they really know how to use those 12 to 20 verses. But the whole idea that they do love Bible study, they do love memorizing and learning Scripture, and I think Catholics can learn a lot from that as well. And also, we as Catholics, we have the um, recitation of prayers, Hail Mary, the Lord's Prayer. We have these prayers memorized, 
and we use them. Protestants, and that's good. I just love it because the church has come up with much better prayers than I could ever come up with, and I make them my own when I pray them. But Protestants have this ability and this practice of praying spontaneously from the heart. If somebody walks up and says uh, to a friend, can you pray for me? I really need it. We as Catholics say, oh yes, I'll remember you in my prayers. Whereas many a good Baptist would put his hand on that person's shoulder and say, dear Lord, I pray that you'll help my friend here and just start praying for him right there. Now, you know, my grandkids do that. This is so cool. uh, My grandson's Joshua. He's 20 years old. If you go and ask Josh and say, Josh, uh, I'm having this problem. Would, Would you pray for me? Josh will stop and put both his hands on his shoulder and start praying for you right there. So I think there's a lot of things like that we can learn from Protestants, so we can learn a lot from each other. Yeah, yeah. it's so interesting that you brought up singing. Um, I went to I went to a, a couple of Masses this weekend, <laughs> but on Christmas morning, um, we didn't have the big choir, so it was a little bit smaller, but we had this fantastic pianist and um during communion, we did Silent Night, which is also already a little bit tough for me to sing because I'm kind of an emotional person. And then he stopped the piano for the final, um, the final verse. And so the entire wow. congregation was just singing the, the wow. final verse. And so we ended um, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth in just uh-huh. complete silence. Um, and it was the most beautiful thing. So I promise you, number one, most of the Catholics were singing. <laughs> Good. And, but those of us who weren't, it was because we were getting so emotional. <laughs> because it was hard yeah. to sing and hear this beauty. Yeah. But it also reminded me of how beautiful it is to pray together. You know, um, yeah. you mentioned this beauty in the Protestant faith, which I think is fantastic of, you know, um, spontaneous prayer. But there is yeah. something, as, as it is when we're singing, right? Praying in unison, singing yeah. in unison. I think St. Augustine, yeah. Augustine said something like that, singing is praying twice. Yeah. Or it's double the effect because yeah. of there's something in us that just wants to come out with great melody and harmony and praise God. And when I hear those songs um, many times are in the Catholic Mass that we sang as Baptists. Boy, that's another thing. They have good hymns. <laughs> and um, I remember, I, even now, I just get choked up. I can't even sing those songs. So Yeah, it, I, yeah. I, like I said, I'm kind of an emotional person, so I can't think about it too much. Um, we're going to be coming <laughs> up to a break here, and um, sure. Steve Ray, for our listeners who just joined us, is on the line, and he's here to talk about um, St. Stephen and the martyrs, and, and that, that's, a, that's what we're going to be talking about after the break, so please stay with us. Thank you very much. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. God's blessings to all of you. My name is Father Chad Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. 
And this year I celebrate 25 years of being a priest. And the joy, the great things that I love about the priesthood is the deep relationship that Jesus and I have as speaking heart to heart. He knows the depths of my heart and he speaks to all of us in the depths of our heart. That's what I enjoy about being a priest, that I get to speak about Jesus, not just on Sundays, but every day of my life, and that I've given my life to Jesus and the church. What a wonderful grace and a gift that has been for me for 25 years, and to serve the good people of the Diocese of Fargo, but just to serve the church as a whole. May God continue to bless all of you as you listen to Real Presence Radio. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Lynn Devitt, and I am on with Steve Ray, who is uh, joining us on the phone here. And we're here to talk about now we are the Feast of St. Stephen, and um, Steve Ray mentioned earlier that he is named after the Bible name Stephen. Now that he's Catholic, he knows that it was a, he's also a saint. Um, and I got to tell you, um, Steve, a few years ago when I was reflecting, I was going through my pictures from Rome. I, my husband and I went to Rome not that long ago, and it hit me that the Catholic Church, and I'm sorry it took me so long, I'm 49, so it was probably 45 when this happened, it, it hit me that the Catholic Church put the feast of our first martyr the day after Christmas. And I just found it fascinating. <laughs> just like, who yeah. does this? Who'd, only Catholics would celebrate our first martyr the day after the birth of our Savior. So, yeah, it's kind of like get all excited about Christmas and then die the next day. Yeah. For, for yeah. being a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Catholics are like, no, 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 don't, yeah, don't, don't get too excited here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I was telling you the story that um, when we were filming at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, we had our filming crew, and I mentioned at the Western Wall, I mentioned the name Jesus when I was among all the Orthodox religious Jews. And they just went kind of ballistic because they, they hate that name. It's very, Jesus, very offensive to them. Mm-hmm. And, and the cross is too. You can't wear a cross there. And so they started arguing with me and the police and the rabbis were called, and it really became a riot because I had mentioned the name Jesus and my agents were trying to defend me and so on. And I realized that if I'd been there 2,000 years ago, that's where Stephen was. He was right near there with all of the Jewish leaders. And they took him out and stoned him because of the name of Jesus. And I realized that just all of a sudden it put me into this um, I'm living back in Bible days. I'm named Stephen. I mentioned the name of Jesus, and the battle started. And they, if it was 2,000 years ago, I would have been dragged out the city gates and stoned right where Stephen was out on the, which is called the Nablus Road today. And um, it just it brought it 
a lot of the time when I'm out filming and relating programs, it, it takes you back 2,000 years. You know, it's, it's yeah. still very real today. There's an opposition to the name of Jesus. Right. Well, you know, and I, in Acts this morning, today's reading, right? When they heard this, they were infuriated. They ground their teeth at him, at St. Stephen. Yep. Yeah. So what is... That's what they did to me. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they did to me. Isn't that crazy? Um, Yeah. So what what do you think that significance is of the Catholic Church in their brilliance, right? Putting St. Stephen right after the birth of our Lord. Well, yeah, right at this season, we've got some really uh, heavy hitters because I think as a, tomorrow's the Feast of St. John the Apostle, yep. and um, I wrote a, a whole commentary on John's Gospel. I just love that. But I think that it reminds us over and over again that there's a kind of the paradox of Christianity. We're celebrating the new birth of Jesus and salvation and redemption and all the glory of that God becoming man so that he could take on human flesh and bring us with him back up to glory. Uh, You know, in the Easter vigil, it has that line that says, Oh, happy fault of Adam. And you think, what, you mean Adam's sin is a happy thing? Well, yes, because we would have just been immortal living on the earth, but because God came down and took human flesh to redeem us from Adam's sin, then now he takes us up into glory with him, and we share the life of the Trinity, which is something Adam wouldn't have done. So we celebrate that on Easter, but then we realize, too, that Jesus says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And because of my name, don't forget, that they're going to take you out, and you'll be many of you will be martyrs. In fact, when Jesus went up into heaven in Acts chapter one, he says, "You will be my witnesses." He tells them that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. And that word that he uses for "you'll be my witnesses" in Greek is martus, and that's the word that we get our word martyr from. So Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses, but there's going to be various ways you're going to witness to me. Some of you with your lips and some of you with your blood. And so we're reminded all through the church year that we give our life to Christ. He died for us. He came and we devote ourselves to him, even if it means that we're going to suffer for it. And I tell my kids, I, I have four kids, just they're from ages 46 to 34, now, that makes you feel really old, you know. I have six <laughs> grandkids in university. Six, not kids, six grandkids in university. And I told my kids, ever since we became Catholics and I understood all this, I said, I want you to raise all of my grandchildren to be martyrs. Mm. And little Maria Faustina said, but Grandpa, why do you want us all to die? <laughs> and I said, Maria, I don't want you to die, but I want you to know there's something worth dying for. Yeah. Jesus was born. And he gave his life for us. And you are now giving your life to him unreservedly. And if you have to die for that, always be willing to do it. Because if you deny him before men, he'll deny you before his Father in heaven. And what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So you never, ever abandon or deny Jesus, no matter what, even if there's a gun to your head. Because eternity is much longer than this life. So I wanted all my grandkids to know that if push comes to shove, I want them to be martyrs. And that's what St. Stephen reminds us today, that, that this is all, he looked up into heaven and there he was, yeah. I see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of, that's what, that's what did it. Because yeah. that came right out of the book of Daniel. I saw the one like the Son of Man coming in the clouds and presented to the Ancient of Days. So when they, Stephen said that, what he's saying is, 
you Jewish leaders, do you realize that that Jesus is the one that the Old Testament was prophesying, and he's seated at the right hand of God now, and you killed him? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Steve, it's still not easy to be a Christian. I mean, maybe Christian in what people have made up in their minds, but maybe not the Christian <laughs> of the martyr, right? Instead of, you know, Christians now in in some circles have become kind of go along to get along because we want to be good people. But I I love the Feast Day of St. Stephen because they say, no, 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 we're we're not here to go along to get along. Right. And I I made a point that when I'm out, like today I'm going to be home all day, but when I'm out, my wife knows and she could tell you a lot of stories that I've made up my mind. I'm going to talk to three people about the Lord every day one way or another. So that means sometimes it's just saying Merry Christmas. When they say Happy Holidays, they know it's Merry Christmas, it's about Christ, and we can't forget that. Or my wife helped the lady with uh, groceries, an older lady, and she's, oh, thank you, young lady, I appreciate that. My wife says, oh, you're welcome, we're Catholics, we love to help people. <laughs> so, you know, these are, uh, but today, you know, if you live in a Muslim country, it's illegal. Uh, Christianity is, you're an infidel, and it's dangerous. There's martyrs all the time living in Muslim areas and countries. In our country, though, we we can have little mini, mini martyrs, uh, you yeah. know, in a way, because every day we should be sharing Christ. And it may mean that you're going to be laughed at. It may, you know, I wear a cross everywhere I go. I have a nice, beautiful cross because it, it's a way of eyewitness. It starts conversations every day. And that's one of the ways we get a conversation going. So, oh, that's a beautiful, that's beautiful. I said, well, thank you. I wear it proudly as a Catholic. And are you a Catholic? And, you know, the next thing you know, they wish they'd never said anything about my cross. <laughs> or maybe they're happy to. You know, somebody said, oh, yes, I'm a Catholic, too. And they said, I have a cross. And they pull it out from their blouse or their shirt. And I said, why do you hide it? Wear it out in the open. Let people know that you're a Christian. So every day at work, Probably people, some are listening at work today, and, and maybe it's not a, a, a Christian-friendly environment. But we have to, we can't put our light under a bushel. Jesus said, it, you've got to bring your light out. We need to, without being offensive, of course, but we have to find ways to share our Christian faith and let people know that we do have morals, that do things do offend us, that we're not going to go along with the whole LGBT movement. I'm not going to put a rainbow flag up on my house in June. In fact, I'm going to oppose that. I'm not going to do follow the ways of the world. We're Christians, and if I'm going to suffer for being a Christian, even though I have to live differently than the world around me, then so be it. Sure. That's how we get to heaven, for, you know, for, for heaven's sake, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> for, for speaking truth, right? And it's, it's not Absolutely. just to be anti-something, to be sort of um, obstinate, but it's about right. the truth of the love of Christ. Like, he put right. us and you know, here for something. Lynn, you, you had mentioned earlier about things we can learn from Protestants. That's one of them. They, they, what they call is witnessing yeah. or sharing your testimony. So, Catholics have never been taught to do that. So for somebody that asks you a question, you witness your own experience. You share your own experience. And to, to give a testimony means that you share what Jesus means to you. You don't have to say, you're a sinner and you're going to hell, believe in the gospel. You, but you could just say, you know, my life changed back such and such a day when I really discovered that Jesus Christ came on Christmas for a reason, more than just to be a baby, but he came to save us and to change our lives. And I, my life has been changed dramatically. 
by discovering Jesus and his church. Now, I didn't say anything offensive to that person. I didn't call them a sinner. I didn't tell them they were going to hell. But I shared my testimony with them. Mm -hmm. And then they have the option to say, well, really, tell me more about it. Or you're stupid. I don't want to talk to you anymore. They got the choice to do that. But you did your part. You planted the seed. You shared the gospel. You said there's something out there more than what the world has to offer. And that's why the martyrs in the early church were so successful, because the Romans got to the point where they were just living for greed and selfishness and and pleasure. And the Christians came with a whole new attitude. And and even when they were being martyred, they were singing joyous hymns to God while the lions tore them apart, and they helped each other. And the Romans looked and said, what do they have that we don't have? When When we die in the Colosseum, we scream and curse. But look at the Christians. They love one another. How can they die? In fact, there were some famous Justin Martyr. He said he became a Christian because he watched the martyrs die. Mm. How can they die like that? They have something we don't have. And that's one of the big things that caused the Roman Empire to convert to Christianity because they watched the Christians and saw something they didn't have. They were willing to testify to Jesus Christ and the life they had in the church. And I think that's why St. Stephen, right after um, the birth of our Lord, is so important, right? The reason they, they had this, um, this testament, right, is because they knew who the Lord was. So now, yeah. now that <clears throat> Jesus is here, we know, and, and we know what's going on, and, and we know our eternity, hopefully. And yeah, yeah. Have, have you been to um, St. Stephen's in the Round in Rome? I can't imagine you have. Oh, yes. In <laughs> fact, we take all of our groups there. We have mass there. Every, I'll be having mass there um, once this year and twice next year okay. when I take our groups to Rome. And just so people know what you mean, it's, it's called St. Stefano Rotundo, yes. and it's a round church. And the Romans built round buildings they meant victory and yet you walk around all you see is all these martyrs dying these horrendous deaths but it's saying they were victorious because they did not deny jesus even at the point of a sword and therefore they're now in heaven yeah it's really quite something oh it is some church to see yeah so we're coming up to a hard break thank you so much steve for um coming here the day after christmas saint um saint stephen's day and god bless you and merry christmas well, thank you, Lynn. It was delightful talking to you, and I hope we do it a lot more Definitely. frequently in the future. Definitely. Thank and you. The, for our listeners, stay with us, and we'll be back after the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. The American Academy of Optometry recommends that all children receive eye exams every two years, beginning at six months old. As one of North Dakota's only fellowship-certified pediatric optometrists, it is my mission to ensure that children are screened for preventable eye conditions like lazy eyes, cataracts, and eye turns. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for children and adults, and you don't need vision insurance to book an appointment. You can schedule your appointment online at www.lumen.vision. Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time. 
And since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope.